Make a cup of coffee and ask me more to stay Welcome to Another Cup, presented by the Exchange Coffee Podcasting Network and brought to you by Cavoya Specialty Coffee, where we believe that coffee is always a collaborative voyage. Another Cup is a podcast devoted exclusively to conversations with our partners, from suppliers to customers and all of the journeys in between. Visit and explore with us at CavoyaCoffee.com. That's C-O-V-O-Y-A Coffee.com. Your story, our specialty, Cavoya Specialty Coffee. This is a new addition to the Exchange Coffee Podcasting Network, Episode 1 of Another Cup, Conversations with Our Partners Because Coffee is Always a Collaborative Voyage. In this episode, Cavoya Coffee trader Todd Mackey has a conversation with Benjamin Chavon, founder and head roaster at Rockford Coffee Company in Rockford, Illinois. Please note this episode was recorded at the 2023 Specialty Coffee Expo in Portland, Oregon, right out on the show floor, so it's noisy. A little like the Antiques Roadshow. And the quality isn't the same as we get in the studio, so adjust your expectations accordingly. Todd's first question for Benjamin, what was your first coffee job? I got into specialty coffee kind of more of, more as a hobbyist than into a career of it. Um, so maybe, maybe the job I have now is my first real job in specialty coffee. Yeah, what constitutes a job in specialty coffee? Getting paid, I think, maybe. What was the, let's do this. What's the, what's the first roasting situation? Well, I'll, as I'll a back hobbyist. up and I'll explain, I guess, what I mean by hobbyist. Well, no, I don't need to explain. I did volunteer at like a coffee shop that was at a church for some time. And that was kind of the first, um, my first interaction with like coffee quality. A buddy of mine was managing that church cafe at the time. And we kind of were running into just the limitations of the beans that we were using, which was just your classic kind of second wave, darkly roasted, generic sort of, here's a Guatemalan, maybe. Like, maybe you would know it was a Guatemalan, but it, some, some things were even less kind of distinguished than that. And it was at that job, kind of learning the ins and outs of the espresso machine that we had, where, you know, started playing around with coffee from maybe like Intelligentsia or at the time, um, Altera out of um, Milwaukee and realizing like, oh, there's a there's a very clear correlation between using a better product and like having a better tasting resulting product. Um, and it was in that same time where I um, started playing around with home roasting and got myself a little popcorn popper and some you know, a couple pounds of beans from sweetmarias.com. And yeah, that was how I started roasting. And it was very exciting to kind of take the product, a green, a green coffee um, from, you know, obviously buying it online, but, re- but literally from seed to cup in that capacity that I was at at that time, sharing it with friends and the people at that church and that community um, and just getting feedback like, oh my goodness, I did not know coffee could taste like this. And I didn't know the first thing about roasting at the time. I just knew that I was buying a better product than we were serving prior to that. Mm. And with the very, very minimal kind of like knowledge input or technical input that I had, I was able to make a product that was leaps and bounds better, more interesting, fresher um, than the stuff that any of the people around had tasted up until that point. And it was, you know, that followed by a series of 
digging a little bit deeper, learning a little bit more. And that eventually led me to decide, I think there's a market for this in Rockford, Illinois, because I know very little as it is, and it's still very impressive to the people trying it. And there was nothing like that at the time in our city. So, yeah. Do you have any strong, like, or vivid memories of some of that early feedback you received? Yeah, there's, there's like some, there's probably some text on our website that kind of recaps the things I was like hearing from people. One of the common ones was just like, oh, I didn't know coffee could taste this good or that it, like, I always like the smell of coffee, but somehow the taste is always off-putting. Um, and there was just, like, a like a disconnect from the idea of coffee that people had and then, like, what they were actually able to drink. And I think, in one way or another, the coffee that I was roasting um, and brewing for people at that time was somehow kind of, like, connecting the dots in their heads in a way that um, they had never seen before. Mm. Um, I guess it, a specific coffee, I don't remember like the name of it or anything, but there was a coffee from Ethiopia and this was like the same time I was learning the difference between washed and natural coffees. Um, it was a natural Ethiopia and having roasted, roasted it myself and like in the cup, having it vividly taste of like blueberries and strawberries was just mind blowing. You know, it was very, very exciting. And this was roasted on the popcorn popper. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you still, do you ever break out the popcorn popper and roast? Actually, I don't roast beans on it anymore. um, Cause I mean, there's absolutely no control of, of the roast profile. The whole, the whole, I mean, you roast maybe 50 grams or maybe up to a couple ounces at a time. Um, And the only way to like slow down the roast at all is just to use the back end of like a wooden spoon to like stir it faster. Mm. And it was still overall, we're talking maybe like a three to four minute roast time. So it was really, really fast. Um, And then there was no, I mean, other than like seeing it kind of starting to smoke or like hearing some, like some aspects of first crack, um, very little like indication of what temperature you're actually at. Um, So it was all kind of like based on feel and just looking at it. Sensory. And then just like dumping the entire popcorn uh, popper upside down into like a colander that I had like chilled in the freezer (laughs) so that to like rapidly cool the beans down because I heard that that was important. You didn't use any sort of fan apparatus or um, any methodical agitation in your, quote, in the, in the cooling, cool, cooling down? Um, not until... Okay, so this is the second part of the story. So that was the first roaster that I had ever used. And I didn't have any sort of, like, mechanism for cooling it faster other than, like, maybe, like, fanning it with, like, a plate while it was in the colander or, like, tossing it kind of and stirring it just because I knew, like, if there was a mass of beans, it would, like, hold heat a little bit more. The second iteration of this kind of like DIY roasting program was a Weber grill that we had modified to like have a rotisserie motor on the side. And I think I was able to do like two pounds of coffee at a time in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, again, very little input. I didn't know what the bean temperature was. I didn't really even know how hot the burners were getting in this Weber grill that we had Mm -hmm. kind of modified. Okay. Well, flash forward to the present. Uh, Our listeners can, of course, hear the commotion uh, around the booth here as we sit here at booth uh, 1313, the Kovoya Specialty Coffee booth. We are surrounded by a swirling community of quality-minded coffee professionals here at SCA. This is your... How many SCAs have you attended, and have you attended consistently each year since you began? Um, yeah, pretty much every year. That My first SCA was in Seattle, 
in 2015, 2015. Okay. Because we started the cafe in 2014. Um, I had been to like a coffee fest the year prior. Yeah. But 2015 was the first uh, SCA event expo that okay. I came to. So this is your eighth SCA. Yes. Oh, minus, minus maybe the COVID year. There you go. And I didn't make it to the New Orleans rescheduled SCA. So you've roasted a lot more. You've engaged varying uh, sort of levels of complexity in terms of equipment. You have, you know, opened spaces, trained new and growing professionals, and then more. You've bought coffees, roasted them, retooled the roasting as those coffees have aged and changed yeah. over the course of a, a an annual sort of cycle. Sure. And then bought coffees again. You've seen the challenges that present themselves to a small business owner, you know, the ebb and flow of quote success, let's say. And I guess my question would be like, how do you uh, reconnect with coffee? Like have there been times where you felt less excitement or connection to the, the narrative of specialty coffee and, and what have you done or what experience have you had in reclaiming that initial spark that had you roasting coffee in a popcorn popper, sharing it with others and thriving off of maybe an errant comment from a singular person right. in a moment that said, with such a spirit, hey, I've never tasted coffee so good that so much so that you went and opened a business. Right. Changed my life trajectory. Yeah. And started How do you get back thing. there? That's a great question. Um, yeah, there are a lot of, obviously, the ins and outs of running a business day to day, week to week, month to month through COVID. Definitely just, you know, the challenges are many. Um, I think for me, the, the less I... Um, you know, where we are now kind of as a business, I'm, I'm a little less like customer facing than I have been previously. And, you know, those early kind of interactions with people tasting the coffee were obviously one-on-one or, or maybe not one-on-one, but definitely face-to-face, you know, me pouring a, a pour over that I had just brewed and serving it. Um, so I think a way for me to kind of stay in it is to kind of put myself back into that customer facing role sometimes, whether that's simply taking orders or working barista shifts, which I still do. Um, not nearly as frequent as I, you know, needed to when we first started, but a few times a month, I'll hop on bar, make, make some drinks, make a pour over when it's required. Um, and just talking to our regulars kind of when I get excited about a new coffee, like whether it's, you know, maybe a, a fun new anaerobic fermentation or something. Um, just kind of knowing the customers that are going to appreciate that and, and just kind of talking about it with them and getting just, again, getting back to that, seeing other people really excited about it. Um, cause it is, it's, it's sometimes easy to kind of miss that. Mm. Um, especially the, the, the bigger the business gets or the more kind of removed from the, the day to day, like action of drinking coffee as a coffee consumer. Um, so yeah, for me, I think it's, it is kind of putting myself back in that situation, talking to customers and like hearing their feedback, hearing the excitement that, that they're experiencing in creating coffee moments that are like exciting for, for those, that new kind of, um, wave of coffee drinker. Benjamin. Yes. I'd be remiss if I didn't offer you the chance to take the conversation a direction you may or may not want to go. 
And again, it's up to me to decide that that would be your choice. <laughs> Can I choose to take it? I'll choose to take it. In the I, I don't do want to go. go here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think it'd be fun to talk about, I don't know, how I how I met you, how we met. It's interesting because I go back to that place and I'm I I would say we met on a bus in <laughs> San Jose. But we didn't. We met before that. We at did. Least, I mean, I, at least I saw you before that. I don't know if, if words were exchanged or not. I don't know My either. My first memory of you. But I knew you when you walked onto that bus, though I didn't know what your name was. You knew of me? I, I don't... It, you I, recognized it was like, me? Uh, you know when you've seen someone across a room? My first memory of you, Todd, um, I don't know what year it was, but it was a cupping class at the Roasters Guild Retreat in okay. Delavan, Wisconsin. You taught a class yeah lecture on how to use the cupping form okay yeah yeah i did that and i think that might have been my first maybe i had i knew about the cupping form but i didn't have any i remember mark heckled me during that class do you remember that yeah i didn't know mark either at the time oh but i you it seemed like you had a reputation in that room that i didn't know about oh interesting and it was that we can give Todd a little bit of, you know, we can give him a hard time because he can take it. You can, you can take a punch, you can take a joke and you can kind of give it back in like a nice way. You never seem like it, you got offended or anything like that. No, no, I don't got time for that. That wasn't, I don't think that's what like stood out to me about <laughs> you that, um, from that class. Yeah. Flash forward to you getting on the bus in San Jose, Costa Rica, that is. Yeah. San Jose, Costa Rica. When was that? 20... 2016. 2016. February of 2016. SCAA Roasters. It was a Roasters Guild Barista Guild. Yes, combo joint origin origin trip. trip. And I knew you. (laughs) I knew you the moment you walked on the bus. That was a really good trip. I have a vivid memory on that trip of shouting something at you preceded by Ben and I didn't realize how much you're Benjamin not Ben. Did I correct you? You did. You oh did. gosh. Which was welcome. I can take it. I don't I don't think I I've never really not identified as Ben. I feel like I because of my accent I'm from the south from central Florida and for some reason whenever I've introduced myself as Ben in the past it comes across um, a little bit more as like a B-I-N. So it's misheard often as like Tim Mm. or Dan or something. So I, since being kind of a coffee professional, I've like learned to more like enunciate Benjamin in introductions because it seems to save save time. Mm. So I don't know. I maybe I I must have corrected you when you called me Ben, but not because I think it's a not my name or something. I I thought to myself that you were invested in our friendship even then. I need you to know because you wanted my me, you <laughs> wanted me to get it right. So, yeah, and and I mean that trip was le- fairly legendary. Yeah, it was a great trip. I still I still buy coffee from the guys at Ravenze del Tripo. Um, to this day we've bought coffee from them probably every year since that trip. Mm. Um, yeah, me yeah, too. It's a very popular brand at our cafe that the customers seem to love it and kind of ask for it mm. when it's coming back around so yeah it's a great great yeah. partnership we created awesome mike's really having a great time michael <laughs> michael's having a great time 
Well, Benjamin, in all seriousness, thank you for taking the time. It's been a wonderful pleasure. You've been listening to Another Cup, presented by the Exchange Coffee Podcasting Network and brought to you by Cavoya Specialty Coffee. Our opening theme was A Cup of Coffee for Your Fears by VV Seashore. Our closing theme is Coffee by Cambo. All music is used under Creative Commons. Remember, you can always email us with questions, comments, and random observations that have nothing to do with anything in particular at coffeetheexchange at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Could we say coffee moments? Whoa moments? <laughs> Seems like you have something to say about that, Mike. <laughs> Could we do like an audio bit for that? Woman.